Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm at class with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and folks, today's show, Brick-a-Brack. Happy Brick-a-Brack Day, Ron. <laughs> yeah, that's not as good as April Fool's, Ed, but... I know we 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 toyed around with an April Fool's show, but we we decided that we didn't have the talent to sustain it for a full yeah. hour. Yeah. So <laughs> whatever we would have done would have been too on the nose anyway. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have to figure that out. So this is not like we 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 used to do shows for those of you who have been not been listening to us for a long, long time. We used to do shows called Free Ride or Friday, which evolved into our bonus episodes that we have on our Patreon channel. And this is sort of a, not really that. So I decided that not, we shouldn't call it a free rider Friday and just something else. And I, I came up with bric-a-brac. So, you know, miscellaneous stuff that's happening that we want to talk about. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad we were doing this, Ed, because I got, we, you know, we have great listeners. We, we do have great listeners. Enough, we're very blessed. Yep. Incredible listeners who send us not only, you know, articles that they think we'll find interesting or whatever, but also just phenomenal questions mm-hmm. and phenomenal emails. I mean, not just a one line email with the link, but just like, a, a you know, pages sometimes of email. And I got a few of them here that have been in my stack for a while that I'm I'm really looking forward to sharing, just to show, um, you know, the the quality of the listenership out there. It's it's stunning. Yeah, no, outstanding, and you know, and keep sending it. Even even though we we did we did each of us got the the thing that Apple was going to move to subscription about seven times from you. That's okay. We don't mind getting it multiple absolutely. times. Absolutely, absolutely. So keep, so no. keep 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 those cards and letters coming, folks. For sure, for sure. <laughs> and we do answer them too. Just even though we don't get to all of them on the air, we do answer everybody. So if you email us, good, bad, or you know, with criticism, whatever, we will answer you. Yes. And fortunately, I guess that's a function of the fact that we've been having so many guests on, Ron, and that we just haven't had the chance to, to, to respond to all the folks who've uh, written in. So let's let's uh, let's make some amends today. Our, our number of shows with guests has, has actually been trending upward since we started, I think. Last year, it might have even been 50% or close I, to I would, maybe even more. It's possible it that in 2021, it was more. Yeah. So uh, function of function of people being available too because of COVID and not COVID. traveling as much, so a little bit easier to, to to nail get people down to to be able to talk to them. But, but anyway, so what, what do you got? What do you want to talk about first, Ron? I'll, I'll give this over to you. Well, Ed, I got a we we got an email yesterday from from Matt Glunt, and uh, he he had written us before. He's a he when he wrote us before it was in July 31st of last year, and he said I'm a CPA in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Started listening to the Soul of Enterprise to increase my business acumen. I first heard you doing a CPE, and looked you up and found your podcast. 
I wanted to let you know how much I enjoy your podcast and how informative it is. I also had a personal experience with the subscription model. We signed up for a pest service with a monthly fee. We found a couple mice in our basement and the service company came out two days after we called them. After calling them, I immediately thought of you and Ed and how beneficial the subscription model is for the business and consumer. Keep up the great work and I really enjoy the Ronald Reagan into your podcast. And yeah, we love that intro. We, we love when guests comment on it. So thanks for commenting on it as a, as someone who's writing into the show as well. And, and it, I love the subscription example too, with the pest control, you know, it, it's, it's frictionless. Yeah. Hey, we'll be out there and we'll take care of it. Done. You know, yep. no, department of, no department of paperwork, no change requests, none of this. No, you're taken care of. I'm on that too. And our, our, our guy calls it a service contract. That's what he's called it for years, but it's really been a subscription now that I think about it yeah, and for, for years and years and years. I think it's a quarterly basis. He comes out, he sprays around the house. We don't even have to be home for yep. the most part, you know, cause you think about it, his job is to keep them out. Right. So. Right. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. Every time he comes, I'm like, just bomb the little jerks. <laughs> they're in my dance space. My dance space. Then you know, I'm all for you know life, and they can they can live in nature, can li- be in nature. But once you cross my cross my threshold, buddy, I'm nuking it's, you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all over. Well, that he Matt followed up yesterday with an email, mm-hmm. and here gave us an update. I work for a manufacturing company in the finance department after spending 10 plus years at the national CPA firm. So he switched positions, obviously. Mm-hmm. We've initiated a new project which will utilize value stream mapping, VSM. I've watched YouTube videos to familiarize myself with VSM, but wondered if this has been a topic discussed on the soul of enterprise. I enjoy the perspectives you and Ed provide on various accounting topics and issues. I didn't see anything when I searched the show archives, but I thought I'd ask. Uh, It could be an interesting show topic, if not already been discussed. So I've run across VSM before. I'm sure you have, too. I I went and looked at a couple videos after getting this email from from Matt, and I did respond to him. We have not done a show on VSM. The closest we've come is the smile curve. Um, VSM is an outgrowth from lean. And I'm kind of like a vampire in the sunlight when it comes to lean Six Sigma. It's like I, anything that when I hear lean, even even the video, one of the videos I watched that explained it, it was driving me crazy because it was all about waste. It was all mm-hmm. about waste in a factory and how the, the stuff moves to the factory and waste here and waste there. And how much is this costing and 500 grand? And of course, these are non-cash costs, mm-hmm. they're, you know, and it's like lean has no no theory of value it, it it talks about it talks about value all the time customer they never ever define it and i just think they pay lip service to it and not that lean doesn't have interesting things to say not that there's not insights you can glean from it i believe there are everybody points to toyota and says oh toyota uses lean no they don't toyota uses the to- toyota production system which is far broader than lean and six sigma far broader it encompasses you know value and value based pricing and 
targeted well, costing but, too. But, well, yeah, and even that. I mean, we've I've had long conversations with Dr. Reginald Lee about targeted costing, and he doesn't mm. like that either. Um, but um, but but it's just more than that. They're very they're management by means. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're not management by results. They don't have balanced scorecards and KPIs and all that. You know, they're like, take care of the means, take care of the way you organize the work, and then the results take care of themselves rather than measuring the result and think that you can work backwards to the means to how you get to that result. Sure. That, so. That's been my experience with Lean 2 Run, unfortunately. And I, I, I've tried to have several conversations really open my mind on a couple of different occasions to say, all right, I'm going to back off a little bit from my prejudice, my, my priors and say, let, 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 let this person explain what they're trying to, to get accomplished to me. And you're right. It, even if they open with it's about the customer, it very quickly devolves into a conversation about internal costs and what we can do. And, and waste and, and yep. no, no sense of an interdependent system, no sense of parts of that system has to have waste. It's built into the system mm-hmm. it's got to be if you want to optimize overall it's just this like binary well if we see waste we're going to kill it just like if we see bugs in our house we're going to kill them <laughs> it's crazy um mm-hmm. so it, one the other thing i thought of ed was uh, when matt sent us this was you know that remember the subscribed institute published uh, a system we, we talked about it um i uh, forget that what they called it it was like a big pathway of how to go through a subscription model. Mm. Remember that it was, it had a bunch of questions that you liked. Yes. 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 And I did find the subscriber focused delivery model. And um, that was, it's from the subscribed Institute and Matt, even though I know you didn't ask specifically about subscription, the subscribed Institute does have the subscriber focused delivery model. And that might be something you want to check out because even if you're not using subscription, it is very focused on customer value, experience, frictionless, all of that, innovation. Um, and uh, in fact, Ed, I think we were going to do a show about this. We talked about it, this subscribe report. So anyway, yeah. just, just wanted to deal out. But thanks for the question, Matt. Always, uh, always good to hear from you and congrats on your new position. Yeah, sounds like a great deal, Matt. So appreciate that. Appreciate that. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, do, you, do you have anything? Yeah, I got something quick here just because we've talked about this a lot on a lot of different places, including our bonus episodes, which you can find on our Patreon channel. But this is an article from a previous guest, Mark Stiving, on, that I can only find on LinkedIn. So, uh, Greg, I'll try and send this over to you. But he wrote on uh, 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 Peloton's new pricing model. Mm. That, that tested this new pricing right. model where, where they, they officially have switched over. And this is their, their new CEO, Barry McCarthy, is trying to give the company back to profitability. Pricing model in some locations where instead of buying the bike for around two grand, you can subscribe for 60 to $100 a month. And that includes the bike. I, right. See, I thought they were doing this. And I, I think I too. even have a story about this. And then I said, well, I must have I missed it. But I thought that this was always the case. And apparently it's not. It's not. I, I know. And I thought it was, too. We did cover this in a bonus show long, long time yes, ago. There yes, was an update yes, on yes. Peloton. Uh, but, yeah, no, they, I, I, that, that's just nuts that you have to shell out that for a bike. Mm-hmm. That's a huge hurdle. 
It is. It's crazy. And just to, especially, you know, no wonder they're having some struggles since since the end of COVID. Right? It makes total sense that they would yeah. be be challenged with this now. It'd be but like I, having I, to shove out, you know, a grand for your vacuum cleaner. That's right. That's right. right? All of a I sudden mean, I need that. It, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so anyway, but but uh, you know Mark Stiving, previous guest on the Soul of Enterprise, pricing expert and and uh, uh, author of of the book uh, Win Keep Grow. So yep. So we appreciate what what Mark had to say. But Ron, look at this, already up against our first break. As we like to say, the fastest hour of our week, every week, all the time, is this show. So I uh, want to remind you that you can get a hold of Ron or me by sending that email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, uh, we do have this, the soul of enterprise.com where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. And always mentioning our Patreon channel where you can subscribe to the show commercial-free as well as our bonus episodes. And at a certain tier, you can get a shout out from us like mark gandy did at cfo bookshelf check his podcast out at cfl book cfo bookshelf.com but right now a word from our sponsor be sure to friend us on facebook you can do it right now visit facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for us at keyword voice america Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah, 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 Whatever. And four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. What if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and download Oh Oh My Fraud. Fraud. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're doing Berkabrack today, just catching up on some housekeeping things. And Ed, you, you had given a shout out to Mark Gandy, his his podcast CFO Bookshelf, which I thoroughly enjoy. He had on last week uh, 
one of the co-authors along with um i forget his name but it's the trader joe founder joe's founder um and they were just i mean you talk about a unique store that broke all the rules right no branded products Mm -hmm. no you know end of aisle displays just shelves with the i mean this guy just broke every rule in the book just like walt disney did when he started you know the theme park and everybody that owned an amusement park said this will never work here's mm-hmm. a list of 40 reasons why <laughs> and the same type of thing so anyway i just i i that was a great show mark so great job on uh on, on going through that book that was really that was entertaining Ed, we got an email here from a former black swan of mine, but I just wanted to bring this up because it's kind of an update in the legal space. Her firm, she's a bookkeeping firm, accounting firm, and they specialize in the legal industry. And, I'm sorry. And, <laughs> but, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm sorry for her. That's oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah look, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a, it's a great way to get sued, right? <laughs> if there's any, if there's ever a problem. Um, anyway, she and this came in the start of this year. She says, "Happy New Year, Ron. I hope you're doing great." I was recently watching a webinar about legal trends for 2021. It was put on by Clio, which is one of the mm-hmm. big software outfits for law firms. Um, In addition to everything else, I learned a couple of interesting things that made me think of you. First, they shared that since 2018, there's been a massive increase in adoption of cloud technologies. And second, they highlighted the trend of firms switching to fixed price models and or offering fixed priced options. As you you may remember, we were early adopters of both since 2016. And as COVID struck, we were well prepared, equipped and knowledgeable to assist attorneys in both areas um, we're doing great continues our firm continues to grow I often reflect back on how grateful I am to you for helping us get in front and the front end of these trends honestly if it weren't for you not only is it possible that we'd still be pricing hourly but we may not even have had the courage or foresight to niche I have no doubt that my story is not unique as I'm sure there are countless professionals whose business trajectory and lives you've changed thank you so much stay well and perhaps I'll have a chance to speak soon. So that that was really encouraging. Um, outside of the nice things she said about me, Ed, what I loved about that is even Clio is recognizing mm-hmm. the move to value pricing, fixed pricing among lawyers, and it does seem to be picking up. It does. Although I was having a conversation with a with a with an accountant this week, and one of the things that we were we were talking about and commiserating about is is, is the lack of of systems that are that are out there for professional organizations that aren't in some way reliant on billable hours or or even timesheets or or some kind of hours to drive everything forward. Even if you're doing fixed price, even if you're doing value priced, I mean, I certainly think you could probably implement Zora, but that's probably fairly expensive. For, for, for folks. But even then, I said to her, you know, that what, what, what you really need or what, what a lot of firms would love to have is, is uh, let, let's, you know, the pizza, the, the Domino's pizza tracker. Yeah, that's what that's what every firm should have for all of their customers engagements or the work that's being done. There should be a pizza tracker type uh, uh, app that they can log into and find out where it is, you know, being prepared in the oven 
check for quality control. It's a, it's the same thing um, yeah, that, that ha- yeah. happens in an accounting firm. Accounting firm, yeah. <laughs> it's, it takes longer in an accounting firm. Right. Obviously. It certainly takes longer than thirty. You know, out for delivery, all of this stuff. But it, and you know, you used to, to to make the joke, or was it Paul O'Byrne who used to say, "Imagine, imagine if every customer had a, a webcam that they yeah. could they could they could zoom in on where their file their was, file was it, it, RFID you know, tag or something." Yeah, that, yeah, right. Well, it's the same kind of thing. But I think that that firms would do this, and she said, "Look, we would love to do this, but just to feed that beast would be." incredibly difficult because the systems that they have in place don't really allow for them to even pull that kind of data out. And to me, that's a miss. There, so those of you who are in the software space who do software for professional firms, if you can help them with, and I think this is very Kanban or Kanban or Kanban, depending upon how you say it, uh, esque type thing to see where, where, where's the process where, and, and allow any customer to look up any of their engagements on some kind of a web app and immediately get uh, exposure to where it is. Hmm. You know, I've, I, we get this question all the time, you know, mm-hmm. is there anything out there for workflow or tracking deadlines right. that don't rely on billable hours? And I just, you know, channeling my inner Peter Block, I just wonder how much of that is an excuse. That's true. I, I, I made this move before there was anything. <laughs> you know, it's more of a mindset than a technology stack. Issue. Oh, oh, I totally agree with that. I'm just, I'm just saying that the technology stack, if it existed, would, would really help with things like that, that Domino's pizza tracker for sure for professional engagements. That's all. But there's things out there like Basecamp, and I know there's others, and Basecamp yeah. refuses to put uh, any time tracking. Remember, they came out mm-hmm. very strong against that. They took a stand, and uh, so I know there's things out there that firms use, or they have you know methods that they've uh, adopted created themselves or whatever with their CRM or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But yep. yeah, it's more of a mindset change, I think, than anything. But yeah, fair enough. Uh, OK, I got another one here. Good. <laughs> uh, hi, Ron. My name is Carolina and I'm head of the client services at a small advertising agency in Boise, Idaho. I was born and raised in Sao Paulo, Brazil, which I've been to. <laughs> when COVID happened, I relocated to Boise. So this Carolina has been in the uh, ad agency business world for a long time. And um, she took a seminar, her boss, the founder of the agency she now works with, took a seminar in value pricing last year. And he mentioned that he wants to move to this model. <laughs> the team instantly split, she said, into two into two teams, those who believe in it and those who resist it with intense passion. How many times have we heard that? Yeah. Um, I've heard all your podcasts, read your book, um, and I took the liberty of writing you this email because you feel like an old friend that I know and admire. All that to say thank you. Uh, our, you know, We need to do this. We need to win. Your work has been guiding us. Um, if you ever have the time, I'd be I'd love to connect and have a chat, uh, which we will do. We, we are going to schedule a chat. Um, so thank you, Carolina, for that. But boy, it just brings back so many memories out of how many firms we've dealt with that when they introduce the idea of value pricing, you know, somebody in the C-suite or whatever, and then just the <laughs> people go run for the barricades and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever side you're on. And I think sometimes there is no solving that. 
No, we we've seen you have some direct experience with with firms, especially the ones that, the, and I think the larger they are, the more likely this is to happen. Although Absolutely. it's 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 not exclusive to large firms, but at, at a certain point, there are just so many people who are entrenched that it's it's either move forward and go timeless, go get, eliminate the timesheet, go full in, or and end up bifurcating the firm and imploding the firm, or backing down completely because there's there's no you can't live in both places you, you cannot live in both places i mean we joke that we've caused more divorces in firms than you know elizabeth taylor and j-lo combined so <laughs> <laughs> um there's no easy no easy thing to it i mean because the, the thing is for the camp that opposes it it's so easy to sabotage mm-hmm. you know and you talk about sabotage all the time in change management yes right i mean yep. if you're against something make it look bad make the results yep. look bad and that's pretty easy to do with value pricing you can underprice it you can load load the thing up with hours you know and make the job look see see told you it didn't work well that's what we see too is that people quickly find out which 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 jobs are value priced and they're like great i can stack my hours in there which nope. so some news on that ron as you know i've been conducting a survey of of people and uh, I, th- I think the results are in and we can begin to talk about this and i'll send this over to greg and we can get this posted up on the on the website uh i have 407 responses to the following true or false question true or false and i i have it i have it in both the past and the and the current uh, and the present tense i'll just read the present tense version When I fill out a timesheet, I always record the actual time spent and never add, subtract, or reallocate time to different engagements or categories. 69% of those said that was false, that they did, in fact, (laughs) uh, add, subtract, or reallocate time to different engagements and or categories. And thirty-one percent said, "No, no, that's that that that's 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 true. I, I I never do that." And I purposely added it in that way so that you had to say false to that because I didn't want people mm-hmm. accusing me of of, the, of a false positive. So I've had various reactions to this, some of which include it's clear that thirty-one percent of the people didn't understand the question. Christian, yep, <laughs> or just are lying. But, Let's let's just let's just not go the, down the down the path right. of the bogus data path, right? Because right, we had, right. that we we we've seen that it's all too easy to just dismiss data that you don't like and say okay, it's because it, it doesn't confirm my priors. Let's say that that all of these people, four hundred and seven people, answered this question with absolute truth and veracity to it. What does that mean? For the people who are still tracking time and using it to price jobs, first of all, if you're still to, and even allocate costs. costs. And it, I mean, it's just, again, this just proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that all of this stuff around costing, and we need this to, to understand the profitability of our engagements, is complete nonsense because it's it's not it's not actual time. It's 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 uh, it's it's what what people would hope for time, right? It's it's optimal time. That's what that's what people put in because people don't want to seem like idiots. And I think it's mostly lower. I think it's mostly people not putting in hours that they yeah. actually worked on because yeah. they don't want to look the fool to their boss or to the customer. Even eating time is much greater than padding time. No, absolutely. At least, at least among accountants, for sure. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure, because my fudges on timesheets were around eating it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. 
So I mean, uh, how can how can anybody rely on 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 the, the that 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 system anymore? It's it, <laughs> especially cost, Ed. Because first off, if you you the, the cost accounting argument for timesheets, your hourly rate includes profit. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the first biggest joke. Your hourly rate has no relationship to your firm's cost. None. Zero. Zip. And then people say, well, but it's an opportunity cost. And then you get into the whole thing. OK, but opportunity cost has to be decided before you take an action. Mm-hmm. If you're analyzing it after you've taken the it's action, no longer an it's a sunk cost, cost right? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, geez. Don't get me started. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, geez, this is flying by. And folks, we'd like to remind you, if you want to get a hold of me or Ed, send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Do rate the podcast. Go out to rate this podcast slash TSOE. Give us a rating. And if you write something, we'll read it on the air as we will when we return from this break. And also check out our Patreon channel where you can subscribe and get our bonus content. That is at patreon.com slash TSOE. And that channel is sponsored by 90 Minds. More Minds Meld at 90 Minds. Check them out at 90minds.com. And now a word from our sponsors. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercial commercials plus bonus content go to patreon.com slash tsoe subscribe now and be free you're worth it this is the voice america influencers channel be inspired are tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise welcome back everybody we're talking just about some house cleaning issues cleaning up some um, listener email and ed we did get a review this was back in uh march 14 and it's from Dr. Reginald Lee, <laughs> one of we know him. heroes. Yeah, he uh, gave us a five-star review, and he starts off as a good academic would by saying, full disclosure, I've been a guest on the podcast. But he did, he did say this, value can be defined 
is how something is better with you or how it would be worse without you. I am a much better business person having become a fan of this show. As a professor, researcher, and consultant, TSOE is my primary source of new and innovative ideas. It's the only podcast I listen to with any regularity and that I will go out of my way for. I highly recommend this podcast to anyone who doesn't thrive on the status quo. Well, first off, Reginald, thank you. Second off, I think you need to get out more. Yeah. <laughs> this is the primary source of new and innovative. But no, no, thank no. you very much. That's very humbling, and uh, I don't even have the words to say. No, I'll have to say a, a thank you to Reginald as well. Even though we're, we're, we seem to always be on the opposite sides of the whole sports thing. He's, he's a Yankee fan. I'm a Mets fan. That Last oh. night, the Texas A&M Aggies lost to his Xavier uh, team uh, mm. uh, in the NIT. You know what the NIT is, Ron, don't you? That's the, that's the tournament to determine the 69th best basketball team in the country. Oh, oh, is it really? <laughs> well, in theory, because you know, there's, the, there's the NCAA tournament. That is, there's 68 teams, and well, including four play-ins. Okay. That you know, but and then, it's, but N- NIT also stands for not invited tournament because <laughs> we're not invited to the other one. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, that's great. Well, he's a Raiders fan, and I used to be a big Raiders fan because they used to uh, do training in the town I grew up in and was born in. Um, oh, nice. But, okay. But then I uh, switched over to. Uh, the the Niners, but when I was a little kid, Ed, I don't know, seven, my dad somehow, the the Raiders, and this was back in the Madden days. Oh, wow, okay. They used to play a faculty basketball game, and I can't forget if it was like the junior college in town or a high school, and my dad got me a towel boy. I was towel boy on the Raiders bench. So you're oh, sitting nice. next to these guys like, you know, Blitnikoff and Blanda. And, you didn't stick but, to him? Did you stick well, to him? Didn't he have like Stickum? Wasn't he famous for wearing like yeah, he was. bathing himself and Stickum? But these guys were huge. When oh, you're like, you know, nine years old, I mean, oh, God, old, yeah. their, their thigh is like bigger than your whole body, even their yeah. neck, you know, it's like, oh, it was just, but it was, it was a blast. So the, some anyway. of those football, football guys are huge when you're a grown man, you're, they're huge. Oh, they are. They are. Yeah. There's, so anyway, thank you, Reginald. We really appreciate that. And he has been, what, a four or five time guest, if you count the live I think show. five. I think we defined five, you know. I think we did. You know, we, the we first did a live official show. green or, or a gold gold jacket. So we got to figure out a way to reward him for that. So Cool. So, well, do you have anything? Well, I have the thing that you wanted to talk about. Do you want to start talking about that now, or do you want to wait for the last segment on that? I'll give you the opportunity there. Well, let me let me read in one more, because okay. uh, this yeah. is from Andrew, and we got to meet Andrew. We actually jumped on a Zoom call with him, but I really like this. This is uh, this will appeal to our, our lawyer uh, listeners and fellows. He, he says, hi, Ron Ed. I'm a relatively new member of your tribe. I recently finished implementing value pricing and have started to voraciously listen to your podcast. I've actually just met John Tobin before, so it was cool to listen to his episode. So John Tobin, I forget the episode number, Greg, but he uh, is, um, uh, what is it, Council for Creatives, mm-hmm. or Council for Cre- yeah, Creatives, and he's subscription-based. Um, 
And Andrew goes on to say, I'm a business lawyer in New Orleans, and I've offered subscription services for the past several years. I'm trying to scale that, both in terms of clients and revenue per month, and found the book incredibly helpful. That said, (laughs) I'm a little confused about how much of the book I should start implementing after listening to the podcast talking about the distinction between value pricing and subscription pricing. I recently listened to the episode with John Warlow, and he commented that it was hard to offer a subscription and project pricing, and that's what I'm emailing about. All of our services start with a base subscription, but that doesn't include everything because pricing for every legal service would make the price incredibly expensive and would be much harder to sell, similar to Tobin's model. Instead, we price to cover most of what someone needs on a regular basis and then offer value pricing when something extraordinary happens. The problem that I'm currently running into is that sometimes we underprice and have a hard time raising our price or even turn the client off because the price can't meet the value they're looking for. I'm looking for help on where to go from here. Maybe a business lawyer mastermind, definitely the next symposium, which uh, we joked with in the, we'll be at Casa Bonita. Uh, I don't see anything on your website about this. Um, so we uh, got on a Zoom call, Ed, with Andrew and had a nice hour chat with him, mm-hmm. gave him some ideas. I think a lot of this, when you're talking about subscription, is it's it's... Part of it's just a matter of strategy and positioning, mm-hmm. right? Focusing in on the type of client that you want and kind of staying in your lane. It's it's really about that first, because if you don't have that, if you're kind of taking a hodgepodge and a grab bag from different places and different size clients with different things, yeah, it's really hard to, to put this into a... A coherent pricing structure. Well, and which leads me to a conversation that, that I think we've had a couple times. But it, there, there's nothing legally to prevent anyone who is a a doctor to to to, to do any kind of surgery on people. Like right. the, there's there's nothing that they are legally allowed to do that. Now they they're are. not quote board certified surgeons, but so there, there's another thing. But from a legal perspective, there's nothing to stop it. And I, I but 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 why don't they? I mean, right. if 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 licensure is so important, why don't they? And but I think the same thing applies to firms when they're taking on these engagements. Doctor Paul is not going to do brain surgery on somebody. Not going to do it. He might 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 stitch up something in the side of your head, but if it's really got to do anything with a neurosurgeon, he's going to make that recommendation for a specialist. And I just don't think that there are that many firms that have that much that they can do under their roof that they they say that we, they can do competently. And if not, why? Then you include it. Period. End of story. And and that's really the delineation. Can we do it competently? Competently. Do care. Do care. Do care. Call do it care. In accounting. Yeah. And um, to me, that's the first question. If we if we don't meet the do care standard, then the whole thing, the whole pricing is moot. Because but, we should. The argument I've heard of that right is that people say, "Well, I'm an accountant, so therefore I I, I can do it." Yes, but just like the surgeon, just like the doctor who can perform surgery, that does not satisfy in my my world what due care would be. When you read the technical definition of due care from the AICPA, it does leave it to the discretion of the practitioner whether or not they have due care. But it's also very, very strongly worded that if your firm doesn't do this on a regular basis or there's nobody competent inside your firm that's like done this before. Mm-hmm. You need to turn this work away. Mm-hmm. 
And we tend not to do that. We'll tend to go after everything. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's part of the problem with, with some of this stuff. But and, and we, we threw some other ideas at them about how the price one offs, you know, the mm-hmm. hassle home. Uh, home what free. is it? Hassle free yeah. home. Yeah, hassle free home. Um, get your weekends back. I love that tagline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do. They you know, they do one off projects on a on a on a fixed price value price basis. Um, it's about 50% of their revenue. But I think if it's 50% of your revenue in a professional firm, you can bake those into a tier. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I agree. Mean, that means they're, they're not, they're not one offs really. They're happening with some regularity, which means mm-hmm. you should be able to, to bake them out or bake them in. And, you know, there's the tip clause and there's some, there's a few other strategies, uh, on one off projects, but, um, I don't think it's an insoluble problem at all. No, no, not at all. So, so, but thanks for the question, Andrew, and uh, hopefully you'll uh, keep us posted. So, so Ron, I just want to have a, a quick conversation about uh, uh, someone that I met this week, and uh, I, we're trying to, to get on the Soul of Enterprise as a guest. And this guy's name is Pano Canellos, Canellos, K-A-N-E-L-O-S. He is the president of the University of Austin, which is a soon-to-be college. They haven't, haven't started taking enrollment yet. They, they are anticipating first enrollment will be the fall of 2024, which coincidentally would allow my son, Sean, to possibly be one of the, the first students wow. there. Uh, except one di- downside, they do not have, nor will they ever have a baseball team, just based <laughs> on the conversation. So that that's going to be a, that would potentially be a challenge. But this guy um, is really rethinking the college experience, and I he I had a chance to, to to go to an event where he spoke. And Ron, he is he is one of our tribe, man. He is blowing up the entirety of the college experience, uh, and just saying why three years, why why not, or why four years, why not three years, why not two years, why not wh- why a major, why, why do we have to do anything do, the, the way that, that that things have been done in the past? And he has, is really rethinking the entirety of the the, the college experience and blowing it up and he had he's had hundreds of people uh from other colleges apply for jobs as professors at this institution already he was on econ talk ed on Mm -hmm. russ with russ with russ roberts he said he has had four thousand four thousand i'm sorry right four thousand professors from other schools make inquiries or say i want to i want to apply what does that tell you What does that tell it, you about? That? I think it tells you that wokeism is is real on college well, campuses. That's certainly that's one aspect of it. But uh, you know, I think that maybe it's even beyond that. That people do similar to people working in the professions. There's something going on at institutions of higher learning that just make the make working at them extraordinarily challenging. And he also said something else on Russ's show, which I absolutely love because it's so true. You know, the whole I mean, think tanks. Mm-hmm. grew up and i mean they've been around for a while but they really started to flourish because guys like thomas soul peter robinson would never get a university appointment let alone tenure right so they just wander into a think tank i mean that's mm-hmm. how cato and aei and all these even brookings to some extent have grown so so big and he said but his goal he said if if we're going to you know, uh, balance out the faculty. Yes, we need to go find people with diverse viewpoints, but it's not just a matter of 
doing that and and then crowding out the the other one mm-hmm. you got to have everybody in there yeah. you know yeah. and and that's so true because you can you know like you go to the think tank world and they there's kind of a bubble there you know at least among some of them and he doesn't want it he wants to avoid that as well he wants a, a healthy mix like it used to be in colleges well and he calls it the reason the reason for his university or his mission is the res- relentless pursuit of truth yeah and isn't there something i know we got to break soon but isn't there also he's innovating even the way college is financed yes Yes, Maybe you can talk be. about that after the break, because I, yeah. I I think that's groundbreaking what he's what he what they're talking about doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how it will be manifested, but. Yep. Yep. Nope. Great stuff. But we are against our break. Want to remind you, you can contact either Ron or me by sending that email to ask TSOE at Verisage dot com. Of course, for, for show notes, as well as previews to upcoming shows, you can get a hold, hold of us on that website, the soul of enterprise dot uh, com. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing Hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! Have you listened to so many of my ads that it's corroded your soul? I absolutely have. What if I told you that you could listen to my voice for an entire podcast? I'd say that approximately half of the podcast is actually my voice. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. And I'm Caleb Newquist. We're launching a new podcast called Oh My Fraud. Ron and Ed explore the soul of enterprise. Caleb and I explore fraud, which is more like the herpes of enterprise. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and download Oh Oh My Fraud. Fraud. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are back on The Soul of Enterprise doing Brick 
today. Ron, we're talking about different things that are in our stack that aren't necessarily our usual bonus episode type stuff. And one of the things that I we were just talking about was the University of Austin started uh, by Pano uh, Canellos. And uh, man, he is really rethinking this whole model, including, by the way, to a certain extent, a money back guarantee. Yeah, that's what blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm like, wait, what? What? <laughs> but they're also going to have innovative curricula as well. Now he was he was the president of St. John's College in Annapolis, which was a great books university. So this still is certain, right. It still is. It still it's, is. It's, yeah. Um, and they're still they're they're incorporating uh, so, some of that into it. But the second the second half. Because it won't say even two years. The second half of, of, of the students that go to University of Austin are going to have not, – it's not really a project, not really an internships. It's to, to for those that apply for this track are going to have $100,000 that they're going to put forward, like a Teal scholarship, mm-hmm. to b- b- create a company, create an entrepreneurial idea. And go from there. That's one of the things that they're putting in, in practice. In addition to the 4,000 faculty that have applied, he says he has hundreds of companies who are lining up saying, I will hire your people as soon as they graduate. Enjoy it. <laughs> Doesn't, and, and even though it hasn't started yet, don't they have a pool of investors or funders that is an astronomical number? Yep. They've got, they've got, uh, Funders, uh, Deirdre McCloskey is is on their board of advisors as well as c- committed to being part of their faculty. So this is going to be a pretty special place, and and I think has a huge p- possibility of great success. I think Tyler Cowan is on their board. Tyler Cowan it, is is, it, is on the board uh, as well. Uh, yep. Yeah, and and I just but I, I but I remember hearing a number that's already been disclosed about how much they have you know uh-huh. is it a hundred million or something i mean it's a large number yeah there's a lot of people committed to this already so yeah big yeah stuff. i'm i'm really excited to see i mean you know because let's face it, it it's hard to build an, a, an institution like that because look what you're up against you're up against oh, gosh, Harvard, yeah. yale hundreds and hundreds of years of reputation and and all of that but uh there's no doubt this is needed and i think it's going to fulfill it even if it's a niche it's going to be uh it's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So, so more on that, and hopefully we'll get Pano on in, in the next couple of months. That's awesome. Well, Ed, I got uh, and a few people sent us this too, including uh, our colleague Paul Dunn, but a few other listeners as well. This is out of Carbon HQ. What is finance as a service and how to start offering it to your clients? This is by Stephen Byler, who's the president and co-founder of Growth Lab. Now, I should say that uh, Blake Oliver on his Earmark podcast has a three-part series on advisory services, and it's with somebody from Growth Lab. It's not this guy. It's somebody else. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, another great source. But he says, we would like to push firms into moving not just to CAS, you know, client accounting services mindset, but to a finance as service mindset. And he said, this requires hiring different persona, you know, different talent. And at Growth Lab, finance as a service, you know, provide services beyond just the accounting. It's it's the planning, the finance, tax value streams, all of that. It's it's also finance. So that means modeling, you know, if accounting's hindsight, mm-hmm. finance is and planning is foresight, mm-hmm. right? 
So they lay out three actions in this article you need to start uh, to get more uh, foresight for your clients. Cadence, rigor, and team. So he did it in reverse order. So he started with team. He said, look, first off, you're recruiting from different capabilities. So don't just recruit uh, CPAs, you know, find great finance people, the whole FPA thing. And and they are different skills. I mean, most accountants don't know a lot about finance and probably to some extent vice versa. Uh, and, you know, he also said, don't cross utilize them. You know, don't put the accounting guys in the finance uh, mm-hmm. role. Keep them separate. And I, and I couldn't agree more. I think that's right on. Um, I'm going to jump to the to cadence for a minute. And he says, you know, deliver around a consistent monthly cadence of meetings and due dates. Uh, when and how often is determined by your team. Uh the team delivering the finances a model or finance as a service needs to, needs to set the schedule, uh, and and this is um, this is how you set the client expectations and all that. It's the one in the middle. It's the rigor that I have issues with. He says, you know, this refers to productizing your services, define and scope them, standardize them so that you know what you're delivering. Because if you don't do this, you're not going to be able to delegate and leverage your time and leverage your team. And without this, you know, you're going to be working too hard and you're not going to make any money. Um, And... My problem with this is he's still a little bit too focused on services, mm-hmm. especially when you talk about standardizing them. Well, if you're really running a firm that is helping clients achieve their dreams and not just performing another high-end service like modeling, which I, I totally agree, it's a great jumping off point, but the jumping off point is so you can get into transformations and guide those. Everything else is just a service and you just don't pile up services like brick by brick by brick and build more value. You guide your customers through transformations. Okay, so square the circle here for me, Ron, on two things. One, this whole notion of what you just said, which is, hey, you should do whatever it takes to get the customer, to to move the customer transformation. And this uh, this notion of, but but, uh, what if that thing is out of your comfort zone? What if that that you can't do that thing via due care? Yeah. Then what? Then you have to rely on your social capital and go find other pros that can that can fill that gap mm-hmm. but you still quarterback the relationship just like dr paul would with the oncologist or the surgeon he, mm-hmm. he might even come to the appointment with you right so that's that, that that's the that, that is the the, the the linchpin in it is to say okay yes it's within whatever we can do within our, our, our firm capability but we are also going to assist you and help you find what you need to make the transformation actually happen right for you. you're like the train conductor you're making mm-hmm. sure the trains get that the care the delivery gets where it is where it needs to be on time safely and you know it's all coordinated okay and then we've got about a minute left and i'm going to ask a deceptively simple question to, to you ron because the, the way so you probably hate this Def, you as an accountant define for me the difference between accounting and finance finance is more about modeling I think is is probably the way I'd sum it up. Accounting is more about you know recording the past, and that's what he means by foresight versus hindsight. Obviously, so you can actually have scenario planning, what if analysis, you know, and and still be sophisticated and robust with the numbers. So so any kind of cash flow budgeting that that kind of stuff that that would qualify you you would qualify that under finance. 
You could, although accountants are capable of doing that, but but finance would bring a, an, an added dose of rigor to it. Okay. All right. Well, Ron, we are, are finished with our Brickaback episode. What do we got coming up next week? <laughs> next week, Ed, I'm really looking forward to this. We have S- Sam Staley coming back along with Kimberly Joseph josephson coming back and they're going to discuss social entrepreneurship sam kind of on the positive side kimberly's got some quibbles with it so it's going to be i think an interesting discussion and i'm sure we'll get into esg as well oh so we get to sit back and relax and watch them go at it is that absolutely absolutely two really really bright people so it's always good all right well i'll see you in 167 hours This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. Sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Join us next week on Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, that's noon Pacific. But in the meantime, please feel free to come visit us on the web at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. 